you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Deeker, you got class clown. I sure did. What kind of comedy is going on? What kind of desert desert is St. Louis, Missouri? like 17 kids in her class. David. Football. Football David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Oh, yeah, that was a gem of a DDFP. Go back and listen to that one from earlier in the week. You heard uh, Cole Wright laying into Tara Deeker, a.k.a. the Al Davis, of our uh, DDFP pie-off. She's a villain, and she likes to be that. She also apparently was class clown in high school. Eddie Spaghetti said as soon as we finished the show, was she homeschooled or something? A great line. Albeit about 40 minutes too late. Anywho, hi and hello and welcome to the Dave Damashek football program. I hope all's well wherever you are. Things are great here for a few reasons. To pull back the curtain, we have already done the core of the show. The vast majority of the program is already uh, been committed to history. And I can tell you here and now, it's gangbusters. Reggie Bush coming up in just a little bit. New NFL media colleague. And finally we sit down. His draft story is great. Yes, you think, oh man, Maurice Jones drew his draft story going late in the second round. What a heartbreaking tale that is. Oh, I can see why he has a chip on his shoulder. Turns out, Reggie Bush getting drafted second. Not high enough for Reggie Bush, and he has a great reason why. Also, um, some details about those USC teams that he was a part of. Matt Leinert, the the great Notre Dame game, so on and so forth. Stick around for all that stuff. Um, and in the meantime, let's say hello to uh, to the man seated to my immediate left here, all the way from London, England. His shadow has not seen the door of Studio 66 in too long, in my opinion. Here he is, everybody, our resident Miami Dolphins fan. It's Handsome Hank. <laughs> It's enough. Yeah, we don't have time for this. I, I mean, we have the time, but who, you know. But we don't need the time. We could use the time better. Well, because you're from London, handsome, you know, the London schedule is the best ever. It is. I know we talked fantastic. about that two, three months ago, but for it's real. It's fantastic. It's going to be, there's there's three, I believe, three great games. You could, you could, people might say the LA Chargers against the Tennessee Titans, you know, who knows, but. Those teams are are exciting to watch. I love, sure. as you know, I love Phil Rivers, so I'm gonna I'm gonna grade every game that Phil Rivers. Do we now start in. calling him Old Man Rivers? No, nope. I think it's time. He's old. Okay, if you want to. Okay. Um, can I carry on? Yeah. I love Phil Rivers, and I think all three games. I, but I, I enjoy Jags, him a great deal NFL, too. NFL Network has a uh, a 9:30 a.m. Eastern kickoff, so a lovely early game for That's those of us best, in the UK. Man. Um, I think it's October the 28th, which by coincidence, Dave, is the anniversary of the very first game in London, which took place, uh, it'll be 11 years earlier, between the Dolphins and Giants, exactly on that date. And um, I think that game, that Jags Eagles game, to me, that's a potential Super Bowl. Preview. I mean, Jags, it must be a top, must be a top five, ten game of the of the entire season. It's a gem, yeah, that's absolutely for sure. And ba- and uh, banner work by you, handsome, as you focus on uh, on the international games and all Thank that you. kind of stuff. And I I assume you used your great sway to make this happen. Yes, I'll well not be party to a game in my hometown unless it's Grade A, Gridiron. That's right. Eagles, Jaguars. By the way, Raiders, Seahawks is the first game, and that'll be played at the new Tottenham Hotspur No way. Um, That's pretty exciting as well. I'll be honest with you. I have not focused in on the London game specifically, and I forgot about that one. Raiders, Seahawks. Raiders, Seahawks. So this three weeks in a row. Well, the schedule, depending on – Go ahead. Can I? Sorry, one more thing. Mexico. I think this is one you and I should try and try and hit. I'd love Monday that. night football in Mexico. I'd rather do that. Chiefs than Rams. London. I'm in. I'd rather do that than any London. Not that I wouldn't love I to hope be the in. UK listeners don't hit you I'd, up on at, at Damashek on Twitter. I'd to love talk to, to do that, that, but listen, I'm an old curmudgeon, and the travel across uh, to a different continent, you know, 
I don't know. It seems like Mexico would be a little easier trip for him. Okay, don't UK fans at Damashek. Just let him know what you think of that. How about handsome? I, you know, why? Because I don't think visiting uh, the uh, the Czech Republic uh, citizens in London and the surrounding area. I don't think we could do it justice in just four to six days. I think we need a month there. You know, a fortnight at minimum. Good for you, a fortnight. Thank you. Um, all right. Uh, now, like I say, Reggie Bush coming up here. You know Reggie a little bit. Too. I, I know Reggie, yes. I've You're an NFL ambassador, so you've uh, shepherded Reggie Bush. Or shepherded. I was lucky enough to uh, shepherd. Actually, for 10 years ago, the the, the, the Chargers and the Saints uh, in Reggie's what would have been three, third season uh, played in London. It was the second game ever in London. And I had to look after Reggie and Ladanian Tomlinson for a week in London wow. during the summer as they as they started, you know, the promotion for that game. It was That's cool. a, you know why that for some reason that was resonating in my brain. Like why does the connection between Reggie Bush and Ladanian Tomlinson um There's forged a, into my brain right. and I just remembered in to prove that handsome Hank and I do uh kibitz even when the mics aren't hot. I mean, yes. I prefer it. I don't know the yeah, point yeah. of having conversations or Without doing anything a hot mic. unless there aren't microphones and or cameras around to record the event. But either way, we do periodically talk off uh, camera <laughs> and off mic. And in your office is a Reggie Bush and Ladanian Tomlinson photograph. Signed by the by by those two heroes. Yeah, so they I looked after them for the weekend. It's actually really cool because I think, as you know, Reggie um, played at Helix High School in, in San Diego. And uh, with Alex Smith was his quarterback, which is which I always find pretty amazing. Um, and LT, I think, was it like a mentor, even though he was playing for the Chargers and Reggie was still a high school kid. Well, was guess it, was what? A mentor to guess what? Uh, Reggie talks about that exact right. thing in this uh, gangbusters half hour coming up here that we have with number five slash twenty five. Um, Reggie Bush in just yep. a second. He talks about his uh, about what Ladanian showed him and, and made. Uh, Reggie Bush realized, oh, there's still a lot more work to do to right. be considered one of the best in the game. He exactly. Had to, he had to and elevate then, and uh, then his workouts. Also on that trip was was another of my close friends, um, Reggie's at the time girlfriend, now ex-girlfriend, um, Kim Kardashian. I don't know that name. Should I? Uh, if you Google her, I think you'll, there'll be a few results that will come up. Hey, coming up next week in Dallas, Texas, this is our last uh, DDFP until we depart for the uh, for the NFL Draft 2018. Can't wait for that. On Tuesday, the DDFP will feature Mooch. The Mooch or Coach Mooch? Which one? Steve Mariucci. Or Mooch from Breaking Away? That Mooch. It's him. Yeah. That would be the uh, out of the three. That would be the one I would least anticipate. But that's the <laughs> well, one we got. We got him. <laughs> now it's how Coach Mooch, one of our favorite guys to talk to. And how about this? This sounds like a serious football show. Yeah. Stanford Cardinal <laughs> head coach David Shaw. What? Yeah. On our show. Oh. I better start. Good luck. <laughs> He's, hey, I mean, he's Dave, like a pro. You should, Okay, three things I believe you should hit on. Number one, yeah. who do they think is going to go in the draft at the top? Okay, who Write that down. Draft. Number two, uh, have they considered that why is raspberry blue um, in do. candy? Because that's, that's one. That's always a good And one. then number three, why isn't stuffing used more often? Well, they, we've already resolved that. Now I can tell you're having a, a joke at my expense. And then and I, who should the MVP trophy be named after? That's another good question. So what? Do you think that's a bad question, Emma VP? Yeah. Nope. Oh, that's I love why it. I'm being serious. I'll Nothing better him. than when Emma VP and Handsome Hank uh, gang why up on the, the Miami Dolphins on the host logo of the wear a helmet anymore. Yeah. And if it does, is it infinite recession? <laughs> Oh, it's so fun. You know, what was almost that much fun was when uh, we got into MVP's uh, disastrous prom tale. You got to go back and listen. I to did that listen to it. I feel I, I did you feel I uncomfortable. Think, I feel uncomfortable because I, Emma was painted as some as as the as the the victim in this. But it feels like she was actually the protagonist. She turned down her it's her future husband. Um, go back and listen to twice, it because the details are everything. But her, the man she's now engaged to. Ask her to prom. She said no because she wanted to get asked by somebody else. That guy then did ask, but then withdrew his offer, and she was devastated. It and so like then the her current fiancé went back to her and said, all right, well, since that fell out, I'm still willing to take you. And she said no again. Again. I'm bitter. not that desperate was essentially the message that, that was delivered. I don't know what the – I mean, I don't want to get into it, but, I mean, this is makes me worry about, about the fiancé, you know? 
Well, it seems like he's a pushover. MVP, you know. No. This is a, I don't, I don't want think. MVP. I don't. I don't think. I don't think that's the case. I, what I've learned is more about Emma and the type of person she. I know. Well, that seems a little bit like a she's puppet, ma- puppet a, master. A loser. I love how she's. I, I love how she's positioning herself here. I'm sorry, here. I was. Was. I cried uh, in homeroom. <laughs> yeah, you still have. That's a good point. Also, uh, the aforementioned Daniel Jeremiah will be a part of uh, uh, that podcast. He's a nice guy. From, from Dallas. He is a swell fella. Wednesday, we're talking to now an old pal, Demarcus Lawrence of the Dallas Cowboys. We enjoyed uh, kibitzing with him about six, eight weeks ago, and so we'll uh, check in on him. And then on Thursday – all the players, as they're getting drafted, or within the uh, you know within a few minutes after they hear their names announced by Roger Goodell, then we're gonna kibitz with us and also Carson Palmer, who once uh, was in that seat and heard us do that, and uh, we'll have on Saturday a a bonus DDFP for you featuring the Good Morning Football Gang, which I saw the sports guy Bill Simmons now likes. He now likes he likes that them. Show. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I had a delightful chat with um, with Peter Schrager yesterday on the telephone. Did you? And very nice man. Is he? Yep. Is we he your talked, favorite? Uh, I don't know if I if I had to do a power ranking of those guys, I have to think about that. Who's your number? You, you don't know who your last place is? Um, Kyle Brandt. Wow. You like Kyle the least? No, I didn't say that. Um, I your would, eyes did. Yeah. I mean, but they're all A plus characters. <laughs> it's a really t- I don't know why I brought that up because I know that you would then hold me to it. But it- I mean, listen, I like Nate. I've known Nate for yeah, a long Nate, time. Yeah, Nate. I've since sat he in this studio with right. Nate where he was in. You know, he was in. When short he was pants still playing. Yeah. One of my one of my proudest deeds mm-hmm. in this uh, in this wider business yeah. of uh, entertainment. And sports I like it when you get onto this. Stuff, is uh, is uh, the thing I do best is, and I think. But but legitimately, I <laughs> this is going to sound like a joke, but Dave actually means this. I do mean this. I can ID from fifty yards away. That person's going to be great. That person, I don't know if they're going to work out. Great I, on what on the field or or when you bring them into in your world. The business in the the business in the business. Yeah, yes. the business. And I remember standing in a hallway with Nate Burleson after having done some stuff with him and saying, "This guy is headed for the stars. Where is he now?" In the stars. Can you tell me, give me some examples of some people that you predicted that's this is not going to work out? That's not my way. Why? I, why I, not? You just asked me to rank the Good Morning Football hosts. Why wouldn't you tell me who you think you want to take the bait? That's your business. Fail. Yeah, that you want to take that, then that's uh, up to you. Hey, so like I started to say, the schedule release is coming up. Hey, depending on when you're listening, question? or maybe you're listening after the schedule release. Either way, look for. Well, don't. Not either way, because if. You're, if it already was released, now you can't go and watch it on NFL Network. However, if this is happening in your ears before uh, Thursday night, you can still go to NFL Network. You could also go to stuff. NFL.com and watch the coverage of the schedule release, even if you've if it's already happened. That's true. New yeah. technologies. Yeah. Quite a thing. Not that um, but, oh, All right. Well, listen. Um, Either way, uh, I'm going to issue a little something, like a 90-second little missive on Good. my concerns about, uh, not you know, my, my approval and my uh, disapprovals of what I see. Your Dolphins have a tough— uh, I've seen my favorite team's schedule already. Have you? Yeah. Look at the sneak peeks handsome Hank gets. That's what it is to be—that's what it is to be Roger Goodell's right-hand man. <laughs> um, Dave, I do have a question for you about the draft in Dallas. Tell me. My favorite— I think it's in my top – I always get these confused. But one of my favorite three things that you do every year is you sit on a mock draft show with a panel of other uh, fun people. Mm. Um, and you guys do your own mock draft. Is that happening this year? Where oh, can I watch happening. it? When can it's I watch it? It's happening, baby. It's, it's literally one of my favorite things because what I like is they have Coach Mooch and Michael Irvin might be in there. Daniel Jeremiah is definitely you know running the scene. Mike Mayock sometimes. I don't think – I think he's too big now to be part of it but he used to be a yeah. part of it. And, and you know, then then suddenly, like, Dave Damashek would pop up and he'd be making the pick for the Houston Damashek Texans. Damashek, sir! And everyone, everyone would be like, who is... Literally every year, you'd have to go back and reintroduce yourself to it. No, I'm Dave Damashek, I'm whoever. And they're like, I, I don't remember you at all. And uh, I just love Next that. up, everybody. Everybody loves him. Here he is on one of our great pals, Dave Damashek. Here yeah. he is, everybody. <laughs> and then Mike Mayock's uh, like, wait, stop this. Mike, what, uh, what are your qualifications? Damashek. Damashek, same as last year. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are your qualifications to be making a pick? On I'm making the, the picks. I, yeah, I, I've got my picks coming up for Which you. Which teams do you get to pick? Do you know? I don't want to get into all those details because I Why don't not? know what because I don't know what they are. Right? Okay. When is it? When can I watch this? Soon. 
What I mean, you know what? I just what I just noticed Mark Brady sliding. Do you know when MLB or Mark the Brady of, of of where's the Sunday boss? Night. Sunday, Sunday night. night NFL Network, the place to be to get ready for the 2018 NFL Draft from Dallas, Texas, in the house that Jerry built. NFL football. Be there. I didn't have a way to end that. Does it? Is it live? Do we do this show live? No. Or it's when do you record it? No. No. No, when do you record it? Do you know even this? Do you know what? I do. I have. Uh, I'm in early on Sunday morning. Okay. It's on Sunday. Yeah. Sunday. Okay. That's Sunday a.m. You yeah, can so stop you by. can. So if there are any trades that happen been, ahead of that, you can factor those into your work. Correct. And what's further, um, if you want to stop by, handsome, we'd no? be the better for it. And uh, when you stop by, uh, you'll be treated to a breakfast. I've, I've, I understand that there will be some sort of a continental. Uh, this breakfast. You agreed to it once you knew there was breakfast involved. You you were like, yeah, okay, I'll come in and do that. I have my standards. Um, I, I promise what I will make this commitment I won't be there for breakfast I will watch the show and I will I'm already looking forward to it handsome I want to talk about some aesthetic matters here before we uh, before we get to Reggie Bush here first of all you said just before we started you thought Reggie Bush is the most handsome NFL player of your era and your era being since you started no, I, the I, NFL? I, I said that to begin with but now I'm taking that back that said I think that um, he is um, top five of the last Five to ten years. Um, top five. Emma VP, we're going to need your help here. Um, Tom Brady still is the gold medal winner for me. Give me a win play show. Handsome NFL players of the 21st century. Go. I will say um, Reggie Bush is is show. Show, okay. Is Curtis Martin nice still? Is man. Curtis Martin? Curtis Martin is. Uh, when, is, that, when, we, is he too far in our rear? Um, a great, great view in the rearview mirror. I know. When, too far. I back. know. But when any of these guys, when any of these serious football guys start doing their rankings of the most handsome guys in the Hall of Fame or otherwise, they always leave Curtis Martin out, and I right. think that's a shame. He's a handsome devil. Well, how often do these things happen? Any of these guys do these rankings? I don't know. You and I are talking about yeah, it true. right now. Okay, fair enough. I would say Cam Newton. I find Cam Newton to be extremely handsome. Very handsome man. Yeah. Um, rugged. Like he's got everything. You know who else is a handsome devil? Don't don't sleep on, especially for the position he plays. It's not like a lot of those guys are handsome. Chris Long. He's not. Yeah, he's a. Handsome. Is that true, Emma VP? Yeah, he's handsome. Emma VP swooned for Deshaun Kaiser when she met him a year ago. Yeah, it changed my mind. Um, oh, you're off of that. Whoa. Now. Yeah. I hope Deshaun's not listening Jim, to this Jimmy show. G. I know he normally listens to them. Jimmy but. Garoppolo. Oh yes, the Garoppolopotamus is uh, is is got to be up there. Uh, listen, I've been face to face with Jimmy G before, and he's a delightful young man. Did he make man. your is tummy go good? funny? Did he make? The, did he give? Did you get that no, feeling because your I've, tummy went funny? No, because I've locked eyes with Tom Brady, the goat. You know? I don't. I don't. I don't. Th- I don't get the Brady thing so much. Huh? All right. Well, I, I've noticed know, recently that Brady may be using some um, some supplements to to enhance his. What life. does that mean? I mean, like I think. What's he, he enhancing? What are you talking about? Enhancing his. I think he does the thing where his because you sometimes look at him. I feel like Botox. He may, he may inject portions. Rubbish, of his face. Botox. That. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with. Uh, are, I don't. Are there any offensive linemen as a group? Maybe the uh, the last place. Even behind, like, punters, you know? Um, yeah, Tom Brady won. Maybe Garoppolo Cam's in there. Reggie Bush, a handsome devil, though. Antonio I Brown. I think, I think, oh, Keekly, uh, he's he's a great Oh, yeah. MVP loves Luke Keekly. I think, I think, I think. Oh, we forgot Eric Decker, too. Oh, I once took a uh, around Central Park in uh, on a draft week about three four years ago. The, his first year with the Jets, I took a, a carriage ride around mm-hmm. Central Park with him. It I was also very romantic. Would throw Maurice Jones Drew in there for what? <laughs> just to, just because in case he's listening and he gets angry that he, we didn't bring him up. You've given us a nice transition then into something that uh, Maurice considers important, as do I. Of course, the way the Jacksonville Jaguars look when they take the field, they have new look uniforms. Handsome, quickly your review. Well, two teams released. I know. We'll get today. To, we'll I know, but I, but, but, but you've got to compare. You can't. I can't talk about one without the other. I feel I, like you kind of. There are two different things because the Dolphins made a minor tweak that. Right. Provides a massive upgrade, yep. but it still is not. I mean, it's just they removed the color, true, whereas the true, Jags overhaul. Okay, things. so here what I well they did, but you've uh, you've oversimplified what the Dolphins did as usual. But I will I'll, I'll I'll get to that in a second. I think the Jags made a major upgrade, but 
solely, mostly because of the helmet. So the helmet right. is now a a, a Less shiny, is shiny black. It's what it should be. Like, the order it, of the day, or the 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 mark of the day is right. Less is more, right. and we just learned it right. from these two pro football teams. The, the the uniforms for the Jags, and this is a this seems to be a common theme between the two, is like one color, you know, one color deal. They look a little bit like a practice jersey. Um, I like it though because you have. But it's clean. I like it. I'm not you, complaining. You've chosen here's it, it, with very few exceptions in sports history in uniforms. Do you, can you have four colors? And right. I know black isn't properly a color, but you know what I'm getting it's at. A shame. What, yeah. what? What? Yeah. White, My children remind me of that a lot. White, black, and uh, and teal is their color. Yeah, I call them. Teal? I call their new uniforms. If you haven't seen them, this will give it to you. Teal Penn State. I mean, that's a little too aggressive, well, but I get the point. But, yes, it, the gold muddies things. Get rid yeah, of the gold. Don't you don't need, need a fourth color. You already have the the, the Vikings. They, they don't need that extra streak of black in the uniform when they already have purple, gold, and white. Get rid of that extra color there. The Dolphins have done the same thing. They yep. got rid of that bizarre navy blue that dates back was to not, Dan Marino right. days. As, yeah, so they got rid of that, but then they also – they they changed the shade of the orange to go back to the merino early merino era orange and they just slightly darkened the the aqua did they yeah i don't know if i like that but i well no but if you look the white the the white uniform is to die for thing mm. what's more to die for that or reggie bush uh close i mean reggie's going to age these jerseys are timeless uh, um, I I really like the Dolphins. I'll say it again. They need that. You know, I know that's a no. Please don't do it. I'm gonna say it. I don't care. They need the Dolphin needs to wear his hat. Why doesn't he wear his helmet anymore? And what don't is the what, what was the team that he was representing with an M on? I'm not going into it. Tune not, in to DDFP one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen for more. What a creep! All right. Now, we're off to Dallas, Texas in uh, just a bit. And who's uh, in Dallas, Texas? Uh, I, I, you just said also as we were sitting down here, late word, you didn't have a hotel room, but now you do have a hotel do, room. Yeah. And uh, it was it was apparently vacated moments before by whom? I, I had accidentally not booked a hotel room. I went um, with my tail between my legs to the travel department and said, I've, I've made a huge mistake. Is there anything you can do for me? And they said... Actually, Troy Aikman is no longer using his room, presumably because Troy Aikman has a house in Dallas. I was thinking. Doesn't feel like he would need a room. Very strange. Why uh, would Troy Aikman have a room in Dallas anyway? His room is available. Fine, I'll have that. I don't mind having the entire top floor of a hotel in Dallas. Look at that. You got you, you get eight's room. Yep. It's got to be a suite, right? I would imagine hey, they don't so. give eight. Us. They don't give yeah, eight. Yeah, a not, standard like eight's room. not getting like. Hey, you, you know. got. Hey, uh, hey, eight. Uh, we know you. You did a lot for our city right. here. Uh, unfortunately, it's a junior we only, suite. We only, we only have two queens right. for you. Exactly. Sorry, we don't. We don't even have a king. Oh, yeah, for, available. That's for what I'm imagining. Like, well, can't go up yet. Another 45 minutes till it's clean. All there, the, the faucets will be will be uh, Super Bowl rings. Ah, oh, I'm hanging out in your room. Yes, you are. I mean, I don't know if you'll be able to find me. I'll be at the other end of the room. Which is 400 yards away. Eight. All right. So I'm looking forward to Dallas, Texas. Handsome, we got to get a good steak, yeah, right? That's what they do there, right? I don't know. I, I can't, We were there. I don't know. You were. Were you even there? Yes. For the Super Bowl. For the Packers and Steelers? Yeah, of course I was. You Super and I traveled with Phil Grant to the game. You oh, yeah. That's him. right. You, you were there. upset him so much. That's my kickoff. It's that, my first uh, trip back to Dallas, Texas since, since that then. great day. Could that's you think you'll simple. be able to persuade Gil at the draft to to wave a terrible towel in? Uh, I'm telling it again, and I don't care if you like it. We, we drove on Super Sunday, me, handsome Gil Brandt, and a driver? I don't remember. There were other people. I don't think Emma I don't was. remember. Emma wasn't but even anyway, born then. Dallas, downtown Dallas, is not that close to the stadium. It takes forty-five minutes. I think it's to like get thirty minutes. Whatever it is. So On Super Bowl Sunday, let's assume a little longer. So the legend, the the man. If you go to Cowboy Stadium with Gil Brandt, it is the golden <laughs> ticket. He, everybody, oh, hello, Mr. Brandt. He's lovely to everybody. Every door opens. Right. Every, but all the staff loves him and uh, and with good reason. And he really was the architect of those great Cowboys teams way back when. So, of course, the, every velvet rope is pulled aside when, when he comes. And he took me around the stadium. And uh, on Super Sunday, my boyhood team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, he, he, ta- he took me up to Jerry Jones' owner's box. 
Fox at the 50, an hour and a half or so before the Super Bowl. Then he took me down to the field. We're walking around. I'm walking on the black and gold end zone where the Steelers wouldn't score. They need to score one more touchdown. But either way, but what preceded that, me, Handsome, and Gil get into an SUV and are driving, and he told one of the great stories. Some fantastic stories. I mean, the story. I mean, imagine uh, how uh, big. The the biggest event in America, including the Academy Awards or anything else, is the Super Bowl. And uh, imagine this. Super Bowl 10 or 13. I don't know that he ultimately It was remember. in Miami. It was in Miami. It was one of those two Super Bowls. The Cowboys bus driver got kind of lost on the way to the stadium, and one of the guys on the team was on – was from Miami, and he said, you're going the wrong way. You're supposed right. to go this way. He said, no, no, I have it figured out. Ultimately, they drove into an alley and got stuck. And, and they did like a 78-point turn. And they didn't get back. They, they didn't get to the Orange Bowl for the Super Bowl until about 70 minutes before, before kickoff. I think it was an hour and a half, Gil said. But it was – that. that's that's an incredible behind-the-scenes I know, but it's, better when, we, it's okay. better when we – It's better when we – Don't ruin a good story, story a with bit. the truth. They got to the stadium four minutes before kickoff. Yeah. They barely they the half the team after, didn't even get dressed after the kickoff. Right. Yeah. yeah. So ha, the first the first series, the Cowboys defense took the field in their street clothes. Yeah. That's how late they were for the game. Yeah. Uh, that's right. I did. Uh, Mark Brady weighs in with that power. Was that on mic, uh, Mark Brady? I mean, say it on the microphone or don't say it at all. You also, Dave, before Mark Brady gets on the mic, you also, we stopped at a gas station because it is so far between. I think maybe Dave's bl- weak bladder. It played, had nothing played, to do with that. Gil another, wanted a drink. Get, played another, played, played Gil up Gil and his Mountain Dew. And as we, as, we were, as we pulled up in this gas station, in the middle of nowhere in that sort of burnt out Texas landscape, the Steelers bus goes past, mm. taking the players to the stadium, not lost on the way. Maybe this was what prompted the the story from Gil. You were waving dramatically out the window at the Steelers. Go seven, all this yeah, stuff. Right. Then Gil tries to get back in the car, and you instructed the driver to to do the thing where they just drive, like as Gil's five trying to open the door, front. five feet. And, and when it comes again, back up, do it again. Gil's, yeah. what, how old is Gil? Branton these days? I don't know. He was. This was eight years ago. It seemed like an unkind trick to be playing on one of the no, legends. No, that's of the kind Red of stuff Iron. that keeps you young. That's yeah, why that's, you do that. That's why he loves you. That's right. It's charming to do that kind of thing. <laughs> and then when we got to the stadium, I asked him, and he fulfilled my uh, my wish. The Cowboys architect took the terrible towel at the stadium, and he draped it over his shoulder. He wouldn't wave it over he wouldn't his head, wave it. but he did put it on his body, which must have made people of Amer- the fans of America's team made their head spin. Anyway, Mark Brady, you were saying. Well, you have – that was the first Super Bowl that we all went together with you, Dave. I think that right. was your first one with the NFL Media Group. But I, I have three favorite memories of Dave Damashek from that week. Number one, if you remember, one of your first editor- editorial articles that week, and Henry will remember because he was overseeing programming at the time, was uh, – you were required to rank the top 10 cheeses. I wasn't you could required to. That was a passion <laughs> project. And, and I think it was 11. You couldn't decide on, on number 10. So Munster, you just made number Munster or American. Mm-hmm. So that was that was one. Uh, the second one you alluded to was the fact that uh, you got scolded by our own next of kin for cheering in our uh, in our NFL media uh, press box. We're which in I, the uh, NFL media <laughs> press box. What do I know about it? I didn't know that there were rules for it. The Steelers did something good, so I cheered as any fan would. Next thing I knew, I was being scolded. Hey, that's inappropriate behavior, friend. You can't be acting that way. You're a part of the media. I don't understand this rule. It makes me crazy. Well, I think in a normal press box, that is that that's a rule that's understood. I think in um, but it's NFL a dumb rule there too. Box. It's a dumb rule there too that they need to get rid of. What what, what no, are they doing? What are they doing? Surgery? Act like a pro. Act like a pro. I'm acting like a pro. I care. And right. Perhaps my favorite memory, and I, I, I hope I'm not speaking out of school, and, and we'll refer to this individual as the, the foreman, so not as to reveal his, his official name. But uh, you and the foreman worked quite a bit during that year on the on the Sheck Report. and uh, Yeah, the foreman and- Mitchell Schwartz. We shouldn't <laughs> talk about him. You're a classy individual, David. Well, he's very – he's obtuse is what he is, you know? Like, is, uh, like why are we doing this? Well, what, 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 which uh, – uh, you know, so then uh, Pittsburgh scores. Wait, the Pits- Pittsburgh who? Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah, yes. Who? What other? What do you mean? Yes, those those kind of uh, extra layers that are unnecessary. You're, you're saying dumb question. He asked you dumb questions. Yes, and so uh, – but he always was overly instructive about stuff. He was too helpful and to the point that it became <laughs> annoying. And at one point in – 
Cowboy Stadium. There, there are elevators in there, of course. And uh, we went up to to go up to the third floor for something. And as we approached them, you know, the up and down arrows, he said, you push this one if you want to go up. <laughs> he told me how an elevator works. Well, I don't know. You t- I mean, if you... Just on sight, if you look at you, you might you look like you're someone who might need that type of. Help. I mean, I was 23 years old. Of course, I knew how an elevator <laughs> worked back then. All right, listen. What do you say, Emma VP? Should we get to uh, to the good stuff here? Yeah, let's toss Not it to that Reggie. Not this was it. This was mediocre. This stuff, basically, yeah. can I just explain to people if you're listening, uh, you'll understand why we're missing this out. There's a bullet point on the rundown, which I presume Eddie Spaghetti had something to do with because it, it it's ridiculous. Tom Brady drama. Reportedly wants to restart, but yet to commit to playing in 2018. Does every NFL player have to come and 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 issue a statement saying I will play the game that I'm paid to play next season? What? Why are we? St- why? I mean, we were talking about it because I just brought it up. But why would we be talking about this? It seems strange. It is absurd, and it makes and it makes me afraid for what awaits us post draft. Yes, because that's really. That's yeah. really the desert. Yeah. You know, we, we we can keep our eye on free agency and now the draft. But once that comes and goes, what are we talking Has about? Has Ben Roethlisberger committed to playing in 2018 yet? I mean, I don't. I, Brady did around the same time that Roethlisberger did, but does it count right. if you don't he do it right after yeah. the season? You need to commit again. Hmm. Yes, Recommit. it's very strange. The Dolphins may move up uh, is one rumor So out could there. any other team, or they could move down. I mean, that's that's the way the draft works. I don't think we need to talk about that stuff. I agree. We'll uh, we'll have plenty of time to wait. And in fact, uh, to be fair, we have... Daniel Jeremiah, There's one. this is an interesting one because I want to understand what it means. I saw it yesterday when I reviewed this. Daniel Jeremiah on Rich Eisen said, teams aren't trusting scouts anymore. This proves Shaq was right all along. That, that is an Eddie Spaghetti. What's that oh, mean? Point. I know What's it's it so mean? it's so it's so diabolical that uh, Eddie Spaghetti would enjoy the uh, the insights provided by the host of the Dave Damashek football program right. when he works on the Dave Damashek. Don't you see MVP and Handsome Hank? Well, what what does it mean? I I'm, I'm not I'm I'm not trying to bring it up for any. It's reason. what I've been saying. What are they? Finally, people figured out the scouts get it right. The good ones get it right about fifty eight percent of the time. The bad ones get it right about forty three percent of the time. It's close. It's Who not. Should they listen to instead then? It's not a matter of... The, the, or should they just not have scouts and just do it like the movie more, Draft Day where they sit down and the GM's like, right, I just tell me more, about the guys in the draft. Uh, I just think it's more that I know better than you. Ask your It's the way the trickle down. Bill Belichick condescends to the media and the media then condescends to the fans. You don't get it on the level I do right. and uh, I'm going to talk to you like you're a child kind of a thing. Scouts harumph it. How dare you? Like, as though you understand what goes into evaluating a quarterback. I don't know. It seems to me like it's uh, watching him play and saying, like, I think he's good at football, and I think he'd be good at playing football on my team. You right. know? That's kind of the evaluation. Yep, I agree. So uh, maybe, maybe uh, DJ has finally come around to my side of things. We'll talk to DJ in Dallas, Texas. It's been a pleasure to speak with you today, Handsome it's Hank. It's been great. I'd encourage everyone to watch uh, NFL Network at some point on Sunday and see Evening. Dave, Dave um, try and be a scout himself and, and, uh, and, and make some picks in the draft. That's what we do. All right. So <laughs> good, good job, Handsome Hank. Enjoy uh, Eight's room. Or we'll I hope I get to enjoy it as you, well. You can come. I don't know what that – that sounds lurid, like you and I are catching up. I don't know, you know. We'll, we'll throw a party. Let's invite eight. Yes. Let's say – I bet that's a good way to do it. We could get a great collection of A-listers that gather in yeah. Dallas and we say, hey, the party is in Troy Aikman's room. room. Oh, everybody, all the Dallas. Oh, select. yeah, let's come along. Oh, did we not make clear that he's Troy not It's here. not actually his room. But, right, yeah, certain – I think a certain football – a certain group of football fans would be more excited to find Handsome Hank awaiting them yes. than eight. All right, let's get to 5 slash 25. Here he is, our new pal here at the NFL, Reggie Bush. All right, this is exciting. I've been wanting to to kibitz with you for a little while now since uh, you first became a colleague here at NFL Media. Of (laughs) course, everybody knows him from USC and the Saints and beyond. It's Reggie Bush. What's happening, fella? Doing good, man. How you doing? I'm doing well, better now for your company, and uh, so far, how are things going? Who do you like here at NFL Media? Really, things are going really good. Who's your favorite um, host? Who's my favorite host? Yeah. When it's like, oh, I'm on Total Access today. Like, oh, who's the host? Like, who whose name do you hear? Hope you hear back. Um, 
I like working with everybody, but uh, I think the person that you know, all the co- all the the main hosts are are great. You know, and I've known Lindsay for a long time since going back to SC right. days sure. when she used to come out and and speak to us and interview us. So they're all great. I think uh, when I get a chance to work um, on Good Morning Football with that crew, um, I'm, I get pretty excited just because it's fun. It's kind of a relaxed environment. We just have a good time. Um, we get a lot of time to make our points uh, when our rest to like 20 right. seconds, 30 seconds. Um, so I think I enjoy, you know, doing that show. And, and when I get a chance to go out there to New York and, and, and uh, host with that crew, it's, it's all, a lot of fun. Well, by the way, we're going to when we go to Dallas, Texas in a matter of days, we're going to uh, get to meet up and uh, they'll be back on uh, the DDFP. K. Adams and yeah. uh and Kyle and uh, Nate, and mm-hmm. we don't know about Schrager, though. He's hi-hatting us, huh? <laughs> Maybe we'll have Reggie Bush filling in his Maybe. place. Maybe. Who do you like least? Who's your least favorite person so far? <laughs> but only people on camera. Nobody – like if it's Eddie Spaghetti behind the glass, people will be like, ah, so what? You know? My least favorite? Oh, man. I don't really Maurice have Maurice Jones-Drew? Is it? No, nah, I like MJ. You like – You like? Boy. Yeah. He's your boy. Why yeah. would he be your boy? Because we used we used to beat up on him in college. Ah, <laughs> you know he declared once. Uh, you know he he goes in the draft. Is he the same draft as you? No, he's two. I a think year he came a year after. after me. He was yeah. a year after me. Yeah. Oh wait, Maurice. No, no, I know Reggie's oh six, but I'm, yeah. Maurice is oh seven. I think right. Yeah, I think he came a year after. He me, yeah. tells the tale that when uh, Lendale White uh-huh. gets drafted before his name gets called, uh-huh. he, he turned to his agent and said, "I need a new profession. This is a, it's over." I, <laughs> I don't want to play in the pros if I get drafted after Lendale. I don't think Lendale likes that. Marie says that Probably Lendale re- heard about that on social media and, and uh, weighed in on it. Who I'm was, sure he did. Who was better, Lendale or Maurice? Well, I mean, obviously, MJD had a longer career, you know, but um, <laughs> Lendale was very special, too, especially at the college was, level. I mean, yeah. listen, when we, when we gave the ball to Lendale anywhere within five yards, it was a touchdown. You know, he was going to score. But then also he was just – he ran hard. Um, you know, he was physically gifted. And um, he was just bigger than a lot of guys in college, you know, and he ran big too. So, uh, But I, I really enjoyed playing with Lindell, man. I thought, you know, we, we really complimented each other very well. Um, and, and Maurice, you know, obviously what he was able to do at the professional level uh, was pretty special for a guy his size, um, obviously a shorter running back. Uh, but he ran – he was every down back, you know, so um, – uh, they both were great for different reasons. It is funny that, uh, yeah, Maurice, I guess, kind of was thunder and lightning, but yeah. you guys, you and Lendale kind of forged what was one of the early versions of versions that kind of, of thunder yeah, and yeah. lightning. Um, what was that? To, to me, people always say the Texas uh, national title game, mm-hmm. people hold up as the greatest college football game ever played. Mm-hmm. In my mm-hmm. lifetime, I put, uh, you're way too young to remember Nebraska and Miami in 83 in the Orange mm-hmm. Bowl. But after that, I don't hold the Texas game up there. I think the one you played against Notre Dame is yeah, to me. special. That might be the best college football <laughs> yeah. game I've ever seen. That was pretty special. Yeah. I, um, you know, and there was, there's also another story behind that too. So, we would always go to Notre Dame whenever we played up there. We would go two days before um, just to get acclimated to the time change and to the environment. And and so we would always – the game was on Saturday. And we, we got there on Thursday. And we landed on Thursday, and we went straight to the stadium on the, on the team bus, and we were going to do our walkthrough. So as we pull up to the stadium – there is a sea of green people <laughs> out there with the little leprechaun leading them in, the, in the, basically a pep rally, right? So we get there, we pull up. All of a sudden, we see that whole sea of green people rush our bus, over to our buses. So we obviously get hyped <laughs> because that's what we feed off of. We sure. we fed off of energy like that. And so when we would go to away stadiums and the – the crazier it was, it was the better. It was better for us because we thrived in those environments. So, the whole sea of green people ran over to our bus, including the little mascot, and they're like chanting stuff, yelling stuff, you know, going off. And so we're on the bus getting hyped like we normally do, and we're shaking the bus back and forth. So we get off, and they form like a walkway, like no bigger than that door right there. So that's how close we were to all the fans, and they're just yelling stuff at us, chanting you know, all kinds of stuff. And it, it fed right into, you know, who we were. And um, I'll never forget, 
It's like they say, it's, you know, I, I think it was Reggie Jackson who said, if they ain't booing, they don't know who you are. Exactly. Exactly. You so guys were rock stars. We, and we fed right into what we needed and what we wanted at that time. Um, so once we got into the stadium, everybody was all jacked up. We were ready to play the football game right there, that day. Like right there at that time, we were like, let's put the pads on, let's go play. It is weird that they had the intel, like, hey, SC, it's two days before the game, but the bus is on the way <laughs> now. Everybody get the green on. Yeah. So, um, that, you know, and they were saying, obviously, some derogatory stuff. They brought up, you know, some things from, like, other, you know, from past players and stuff like that. So, it kind of – it also upset us, too, you know, and it fired us up. Uh, so, then fast forward to game day. And, you know, anytime Notre Dame comes out in these green jerseys, it's like they don't lose. This is supposed to be it. Like, this is the end-all, be-all. So, they went in. They came out warmed up in their normal gear. And then they come back out in the green uniforms, crowds going crazy, you know, and uh, it, it was it was one of those those moments you were like, all right, let's do this. You it know? was I I remember it so well. And by the way, uh, I don't know if you noticed, uh, Emma VP there behind the glass mm-hmm. was perfectly cordial to you. Eddie Spaghetti though is a diehard Notre Dame fan, uh... and he refuses to make eye contact <laughs> with you. What do you think of that? You heard his feelings. I felt it. I felt a little. Feel I felt some... a little negative energy no, 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 as I walked no, up no, in here. I I, I I will say as. Well, like growing up in New York City, an Irish kid, you have to riff Notre Dame. Uh, seeing, I mean, watching you play uh, that game, I remember crying. At the end yeah, of that game. I, remember, I cried. No, I cried after the game. <laughs> and you deserve. And you deserve. To. I cried I mean, after the game. But after the questionable goal line play, and, uh, <laughs> I, I, it's just that that that's one of we, those things stuck in my brain. You know forever. what? Like you guys have home field advantage. You're supposed to get that call. Like the refs <laughs> supposed to make those calls, especially when you have home field advantage. So that's on the refs. Was the grass actually that much? Yes, it was. It was. Yeah, they really did that. Wow. Yes. Every time we played there, it was like that. The grass was really? abnormally high. And from what we were told and from my understanding was that they did it to try to slow us down. Yeah. Uh, but if we're slowing down, they're going to slow down as well. So, as well. So, But the only time where I really got upset about the grass being that high was that game. I was back to return a kick. And there was another guy who was returning a kick. His name was Desmond Reed. And they kicked the ball. It took a weird bounce, and it bounced through his legs. He turned around, ran back to grab it. He stepped down, shattered his whole knee Ooh. in the gra- in the, in that deep grass, and that's and he never really recovered from that. He had nerve damage in his leg. Um, you know, it took him like two years, I think, before he finally be- got back to you know being able to play again. And um, that was the only time where I was like, okay, like this is a hazard. Like they this shouldn't be allowed. You know, to 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 have the grass this high, it should be just a certain level. You know, it should be it should be a rule. It has to be a certain level. So that was the only time I was I was really upset about that grass being that high. But other times, you know, it was it was whatever. I um yeah, you mentioned uh, I, at that time, Chaz Weiss is the new coach. He's uh, you know he's riding. Oh, Charlie high. Weiss, Charlie yeah. Weiss, yeah, riding high off of the Belichick and the. I think he probably mm-hmm. was there for three, probably three Super like, Bowls, maybe two. Yeah, maybe yeah. just for the first two. Mm-hmm. But either way, so he's this high-profile guy. The the Irish are going to be back now, yeah. and this was this was it. So yeah. They were undefeated, right, for for that one, or did, had they, were they? I think, maybe I'm trying to think if they had lost. I the think game, they were undefeated. I think we're, we're no, we were undefeated, and they whipped out the the dark green jerseys with the gold numbers. Like that was right. everything was yeah. riding on that game. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. And yeah. it had that feel to it. And what I remember, it was a it was a great uh, October day. And mm-hmm. this is this is at the time people are talking about USC. This is the greatest dynasty college football's mm-hmm. ever seen. And Notre Dame has a knack for knocking off these juggernaut mm-hmm. kind of teams, mm-hmm. and the green jerseys fed into that. Yeah. And I remember watching the game, and very early on. You get the ball up the gut, and I I remember just thinking it was one of the most nails plays by a high profile guy that mm-hmm. I that I can recall. Mm-hmm. I always say underdog stories are great. Yeah, there they, it's neat to watch somebody come out of nowhere. Uh-huh. But I think when a guy has all the pressure, yeah, hey, you have to turn this thing around, yeah. and you do it. I yeah. think that's the coolest thing yeah, yeah, in sports. Yeah. <laughs> Did you yeah. feel I got to make a play in this one because you get about like five yards deep into yeah. the in uh, on the Notre Dame side of the line of scrimmage. And you, very casually, without breaking stride, just sort of vault right over yeah. a guy and go to the yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what that what, what the, do you remember? That was the first play. To get, um, that was the beginning of the game. Very so early, yes. I do. I just remember, um, you know, just everything building up to that game. I didn't really feel pressure. Um, to me, it was just more about give me the ball and let me go make a play, um, and and keep giving me the ball until I until I make a play. But that was that was one of those moments where. 
Um, you talking about where I jumped over the guy and yeah. he scored a touchdown. I just remember um, after I jumped over him, I, re- I actually thought he was going to – he had set up perfectly to tackle me. Uh, but he just put his head down. I jumped over him. I just remember running into that stadium, into that 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 field and seeing, um, you know, just uh, – you know, it was just a it was just a, a special to, sight to see. I was going to say like seventy thousand yeah. people looking like human uh, uh, yeah. balloons deflating. Like they're like, we're going to take down the mighty Trojans. Yeah. Then you just do that boop. You yeah. jump over jump the over guy. Over you run zone. to the house and go. Like, that that hype that touchdown really hyped me up for the rest of the game. Like I really got excited and just even more like, okay, like we got this. Like we. Let's hold on to this momentum that we got right now, and and I never forget just getting in the end zone and just feeling like a breath of fresh air. You know what I mean? I, I I, the, the thing that I resonates for me when I think about that game is, and for an iconic game, you want the touchdowns to be memorable. And yeah. I feel like everyone—I mean, it was whether it was a punt return or right. a long run. Yeah, Zibikowski's punt return. Yeah, it was cr- every yeah. play was a big play. It in was. That game, it I was. Like. I, yeah, Zibikowski played really well that game, but I just I never that punt return. It was just like. Guys was just like he had grease on his jersey. Guys was just tackling and slide right off of him. Um, and and uh, then also Jeff Samarja played really well that game. Yep. Um, and Brady Quinn obviously played very well that game. But yeah, their their key players made big plays that game. Right, and I feel like um, like I say, I thought it would had to be pretty deflating for the for the Irish and for their fans when you snapped off that run early yeah. in the game. But instead, they punch back yeah, and they're trading back. back and yeah. forth. Uh-huh. And a recurring theme for us here is you don't want to be the team that's supposed to win all the time because that right. can be a curse. You, oh, for sure. That that's a yeah. burden. So yeah. all right, now the Irish have the lead, and you guys were supposed to take care of business mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. What's it like in the huddle? Describe for me that last drive because to me it's one of the most nails yeah. thing I've ever seen. Well, when it was fourth and I don't know however long it was, I, I pretty much was like, all right, well, this is it. <laughs> like, I thought pretty much the game was over, you know, and obviously I still believed, but, you know, the odds were heavily what's, stacked what's against What's Leinert say? What's he in the huddle saying there? Just called the play. That was it. And it was like fourth and like 15. No one says 11 If we don't make a first down, guys, the game's over. <laughs> and then we lose. No. I think that was just pretty – I think it was understood. <laughs> Everybody understood that. And But what a ball he throws there. Man, to this day, that is one of the best throws of it. It really seen. is, you know, like it given gr- the It grazed the defender's chest and perfectly right into Dwayne's hands. And so I remember running behind Dwayne thinking like I – I might even have my hands up like touchdown. Mm-hmm. And then I forgot how slow Dwayne was, DJ was. <laughs> and the guy clipped him and got his and got his legs and tackled him. So so now we're scrambling. We're like, okay, let's go, you know, let's get to the next play. You know, and then uh I had a run in that I think I had a run on that series where I kinda went out of bounds or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then I went to the to Matt's, you know, where he tried to scramble and run and the ball got knocked out of his hands and out of bounds. Out of his hands, right. So then at this point, we're on a goal line. And I remember looking to the sideline. And um, after, you know, there was all – we got through the chaos of do we still have time on the clock or not. So we're in the huddle, and um, it's either QB sneak. Does anybody – but, I mean, yeah, you guys are 20-year-old kids out there at this yeah. point. Is anybody aware – I mean, you say you feel it, but is anybody saying this is crazy what's happening right now? No. Is anybody at all – well, we better do this because no. this is the last chance, yeah. guys. Nobody does any of that kind of no. stuff. No, so and, – and I asked him, I was like – because we didn't, we didn't, uh, we didn't have any timeouts left, so we had to have a play ready. Um, and they were trying to figure out the refs, trying to figure out, you know, whatever. So that kind of gave us a little extra time, maybe twenty extra seconds, which is a lifetime at, mm-hmm. at that moment. So I remember looking to Matt in the huddle, and I said, "Are you going to sneak it?" And uh, he said, "Yeah." So I was like, "All right, let's, let's do it then." So he, so when he hiked the ball, they knew we were going to run a quarterback sneak. You could see why. That. Why? Why wouldn't the assumption be? And I'm surprised five isn't saying you're yeah. going to give me the ball here, right? <laughs> well, we were on a one, and they, they, you can just tell they knew it was going to be QB sneak. I mean, they literally stacked everybody possible on that line. Mm-hmm. And they actually stopped him. The initial surge knocked him back, which is why I ran up I remember and gave the- everything I possibly could to pushing him in the end zone. And the rest is history, and now it's legal to do it in college football. So. It is now? 
Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, you can push the you can push the quarterback or anybody. They de- I definitely is true anybody. in pro football because they they just visually. I mean, it's clear as day yeah. that guys now push guys from behind. Right. It should be. But I don't. It's not legal in NFL right oh, now. Oh, it's not. No. You still see guys do it. See guys do it. They run up into the stack of uh, bodies and push forward. But. In college football, it is legal. I do know that for a fact. It's How about that? So the Bush push is now <laughs> paved the way. This is so two hundred years from now, you'll right. still be remembered for that, if nothing well, else. Remember me from something, if nothing else. So he goes into the end zone, and it really yeah. is, and it stands as one of the most dramatic victories in uh, forget uh, college football and football and yeah. sports, really. So then celebration should he have been allowed to do that? Should Reggie have been allowed to push line yeah. up into the end right. zone and all that stuff? Yeah. Then you weep. In the locker room? So we were just – so going back to Thursday and everything that built up that led to that final moment was just – it was extremely exhausting for one. Um, I was glad the game was over. I think everybody was glad that game was over because we had put so much energy and effort into the buildup and then to finally get to the game and then it ends out playing out to be as great of a game as it was. I think once – the game was over we all felt um for one we felt a sigh of, a sigh of relief but we also felt like that was one of the greatest moments we've ever experienced i, I, I never you. forget guys in the locker room was like like eyes this big in the locker room this is like 20 30 minutes after the game was over like i just witnessed the greatest game ever <laughs> and uh right. it, it was emotional you know for all of us you know so i i did cry though on the sideline after that game boy that's like, i just had tears like i just I don't even know if they were tears for joy. I think it was just like tears for like, oh, thank God this is over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, relief is probably a yeah, major emotion was, in that. I think that. it was relief, though. Yeah, and then the sure. Fresno game, I mean, that year was really a lot of fun yeah. because of the, the run you make up the left sideline there where you hit the brakes and yeah. the guy blows by. <laughs> Honestly, every game we played, um, we, we, uh, we got everybody's A game that year. Mm. Um, I never We played Arizona State. In Arizona State, we were down like 20 to nothing at halftime. Um, Oregon State that year in the Fog Bowl, uh, where it was like so foggy you could barely see, we were down like, again, like 20 to whatever at halftime. Oregon, at Oregon, we were down at halftime like 13 nothing. So every game that year for us was just like exhausting because we were constantly having to kick, claw, and scratch for every ounce of yard and points that we got. I get that there's nuance, and I'm not trying to now bring the conversation down, but, you know, the, I get that, you know, situation that you go to in the NFL matters, injuries yeah. impact these things. But are you surprised as you look back? Because as I say, I, you know, it was it was pretty much a matter of fact that this USC team was about as talented and about as dominant as any college football mm-hmm. team, at least in my lifetime. Are you kind of surprised as you look back that – you know, Liner doesn't go on to be a big-time NFL star. Yes, or Jarrett doesn't – mm-hmm. I mean, I, foot I speed uh, notwithstanding. I am. And, and um, you know, to this day, I'm, I'm still puzzled over the fact that, um, you know, some of these guys who I play with who I knew, I knew their pedigree. I, I saw how hard they worked, and I saw the dedication. And, and I was very surprised that, you know, that some of these guys didn't play longer, you know, than, than they did. Um, you know, and other guys – you know, other guys I played with, Lofa Tutupu, mm-hmm. um, who was great. You know, his first three years, I think he went I, Pro so Bowl. I was just going to say, years. he was dynamite. Yeah, he was dynamite his first, you know, couple years in the league. And um, he still played a good, you know, mm-hmm. good amount of time. But, um, you know, but especially guys like Leonard, Lindell, um, Dwayne Jarrett, you know, Steve Smith, Dominic Bird. Um, all those guys were dogs. I mean, they were workaholics. They were grinders, you know. And so, I, I guess – you know, looking back on it, um, you know, it's it's a lot of it is situational. Um, a lot of it depends on, you know, the system that you go into. I've seen more guys' careers, you know, go to the gutters because of a bad coaching system or bad coach or just uh, the, the system, the offense or defense doesn't play well into what they do you know it doesn't it doesn't favor them you know so they end up getting weeded out by another guy who was built for that system um and then they're you know bouncing around from teams and teams trying to find it, and all of a sudden you know you get a six seven years in the league of just bouncing around and then they just start to you know they get rid of you so it's tough it's very tough because um 
you know, not to knock on Chip Kelly, right? But use a guy like Chip Kelly and his offensive system just didn't work at the professional level, you know. And there's a lot of there's a lot more cases like that than there are opposites, you know, of guys that just don't go into the right systems and it just doesn't it doesn't work well for them. It's got to be funny because it's a thing that I think people well, I I know I reference it, but I've heard scouts actually talk about the and this isn't to denigrate Matt Leinart specifically, but I guess he's kind of held up is yeah. Is lot you know it gets confusing when you watch these dominant college football teams. Mm-hmm. Like, is he that good, or mm-hmm. is he surrounded by that much talent yeah. that makes him look good? It's right. hard to assess. Could you say like, did you did you have a sense? You uh, you could uh, check your modesty at the door if you want to. Did you feel <laughs> like I'm I'm the man? You know, I'm the man yeah. on this team. I know there's a lot of talent in this locker room, but I'm the guy. You know? uh, at the college football yeah. level, I really felt like. I felt like I was the man, but I felt like I was sur- I was surrounded by other just See, in 20 beasts. years at, in Canton yes. when we're all getting our gold <laughs> yes. jackets. I felt like Leinart, Dwayne Jarrett, Steve Smith, Dominique Birds, uh, Lindell. I felt like all these guys were beasts. Mm-hmm. And I felt like okay, we're going to be nice at the next level when we get to the professionals because we're just really good. You know what I mean? Obviously – you know, while you're in college, you know, you have a different understanding of, you know, the professional level. You know, you 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 you, you strive and you do everything you can to get there. I I had my first real introduction into just uh, the pre- professional level when I got a chance to work out with Ladanian Tomlinson. Um, this was going into my junior year. This was there was an off season going into my junior year. There, worked out with him, and he kicked my butt. The whole workout. And I thought I was in really good shape, Mm. you know, and we worked really hard. Like our strength and conditioning program in USC was like second to none. Even to this day, that was still some of the hardest workouts I had. And when I worked out with Ladanian, he ran circles around me. And uh, and that gave me a true understanding of just, okay, I have, I thought I was here. I got to take it up a whole nother level to get to to this guy to get to, to if I want to be one of the great ones. Boy, that's so, fascinating. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about uh, your draft experience. We love doing this. We hear Maurice's stories. Yeah. Uh, his draft day, his two day saga, yeah. is one of the most compelling stories we've ever heard here on this show. And since I've talked to a lot of guys about theirs, now you are not somebody sitting there uh, with a chip on your shoulder because you get to go. The only question is, in fact, it's one of the most fascinating things that's happened in in a draft in the 21st century is yeah. that there's you. Yeah. There's Vince Young, mm-hmm. a Heisman winner, mm-hmm. and there's Mario Williams, and mm-hmm. it was just a matter of what order are Bush and Young going to go in, and yeah. I guess Mario Williams is in this conversation. What do you yeah. remember from the whole thing? So leading up to the draft, everything that I've been told, everything that – People have been saying to me, including the Houston Texans, including Charlie Casserly, including the head coach at the time, was saying, we're taking you number one. At the Combine, I didn't even interview with any other team. No other team would interview with me because they just knew I was a shoe-in for that first pick. I started looking for homes in Houston. Um, and I was my mindset, everything was, I'm going to Houston. Uh, so You start buying w- cowboy boots and stuff? <laughs> right. It wasn't until – the night before when it popped up on ESPN that they signed Mario Williams to a contract that then I found out I wasn't. Wait a second. The (laughs) Texans for, for five months are telling you you're our guy. We're going to draft you. Yes. And they don't call you. Not one call. You see it on a TV. I found out on sports center the way everybody else found out. What goes on with these teams? I don't understand this well, business of how they play games with you, with you twenty-one-year-old yeah. kids. When they because the thing that keeps coming up is is that teams call you and say, "Make sure you keep your phone line clear because yeah. we're about to draft you, so we want to make sure mm-hmm. we get through." And then they just never call back. What what gives? What and kind that, of move is well, that? Well, that's why I always give the advice to to these young guys of if you're not guaranteed for sure to be in that top three, four picks, five picks, maybe do not go. Hmm. Because you just never know. Teams it's embarrassing tell you, to sit there. Right. They'll sell you stories, and we've seen it happen. Right, it happened to Matt Leinart. It happened to Geno Smith. Um, it happened to a bunch of different in, guys. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah it happened a lot of different on. guys. Right. So you just don't. It's nothing is guaranteed until you sign that contract. I don't care how much a team tells you they love you and how much they sell you to a pipe dream and everything. If you're not guaranteed, if you don't know you're going to be in that top five, don't go. Just go. Be with the family, enjoy it with loved ones, enjoy it in your own environment where you can have a good time. 
um, and and make it special, you know, because it's it can become a horror story if you're sitting there and you think you're going to go top five and it's like pick 30 and they still haven't called your name yet. You know oh, I mean? I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, it's, they, it's they, they, you know, the world's best actors gather for the Academy Awards and there's a camera on them for three seconds when they right. say, hey, somebody else just won the Oscar <laughs> and they have to be, they have to put on a happy face yeah, for two seconds. I can't exactly. imagine doing it for like five hours. Like, exactly. I'm still okay. I think, I They'll think, eventually draft me. I think Geno Smith had to come back on day two, yes, right? Yeah, he right. had to come back for day two. So, you know, again, I, I would just. You're there though. You're in Radio City. Yes. You're there. Yeah, I was at Radio City. And I was so, at Radio Hall. <laughs> so the night before, do you see Casserly or anybody and say, like, no. what the hey, what happened, man? No. Me and Casserly still have not spoken about that, this. Oh, I want to make peace <laughs> on the DDFP. Yes. We got to bring them we on. We still have not spoken about this. Oh, I'm going to make Casserly come out with yeah. a literal olive branch. What's give up, it to Charlie? You. What's up, man? Oh, <laughs> that's a bad form, Chaz Casserly. We got to make this thing right. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, so now you show up, and now your head's spinning. Yeah. Are you thinking, well, no, no, no. If they're going to do this, if this is how the NFL is going to treat me, I'm not going to your yeah. draft now. So the night before, um, when we found out, the Saints had the second pick. And there was a lot of uncertainty about the team in the city because of Hurricane Katrina. Oh, right. Literally like five months before. So Saints had the second pick. Yeah, obviously, they had been terrible for a long time. So we were like, I'm not going to New Orleans. <laughs> like we were, me, my agent, we were like, we don't want to go to New Orleans. So they got on the phone. They tell Sean, don't pick us. Like let's trade the pick, or <laughs> we want to, we want to go, we want to go to New York, New York Jets had the third pick. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking like big market, big picture. You know, going to New York, um, bright lights. You know, all those different things. I'm young. I don't know. So I'm like, yeah, <laughs> let's go to New York. <laughs> so um, Sean gets on the phone. And he's like. Listen, I'm picking you number two. There's nothing you can do about it. You come in here. Wow, that's crazy. So then uh, before that, Drew Brees called me. Um, and this is what put me at ease. And this is what uh, changed my mindset about going to New Orleans. He called me and he said, uh, I've had a, the pleasure of playing with Danny Thompson in San Diego for a while, who I considered to be you know, one of the greatest running backs I've ever played with. And I'm really looking forward to playing with you as well because I think you can be better than him. Hmm. And that right there changed my whole perspective about going to New Orleans, and it changed my whole perspective about okay, this this is this is gonna be this can be a good thing, you know. So I think that, and it's funny because I actually just watched the video today to prove this point of words have power, um, and sometimes God has a plan bigger for you than what you can see down the road, right? And I couldn't see past of the big market and, you know, all the other things. And God had a bigger plan for me to go to a city, to New Orleans, to help restore hope, um, to help rebuild some homes, um, win some football games. Nobody knew we were going to win a Super Bowl at that point. We were, you know, we were this team that kind of came together, um, you know, with, with Drew, nobody wanted Drew. Uh, only two teams won them, Miami Dolphins and the, and the Saints. And thank God he chose the Saints, you know. And then Sean Payton, his first year as a head coach, I was his first pick, you know. So first-time head coach, obviously there's a lot of uncertainty for first-time head coaches. Um, you know, other guys. like He could have. I mean, it's legitimately a possibility. You know, you, you see, obviously, a generation before Ditka, or not generation, yeah. you know, he drafts, he gives away his whole draft mm-hmm. in New Orleans to get Ricky Williams, and that doesn't work out. <laughs> oh. So I could see Sean Payton, given yeah. that history with the Saints, and I could see the Benson family and everybody yeah. saying, like, Wow, we can't let this happen again. Right. We can't take right. him. We got to take yeah. Vince Young now. Right. Yeah. So and plus the Houston connection. I guess that yeah. if Breeze is is there, you're not gonna. Yeah. Take, they're not gonna take Vince Young. But I could have right. seen that not working out. Right. So it just the way everything came together about that team, um, to me, was 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 fate. Like it was meant to be. There was there was it was meant for that group of guys to go to that team, and to help restore that city I'll tell you what and I was there right after that Super Bowl Mm -hmm. Mardi Gras was a week maybe after you guys had won that uh, Lombardi and I got to hang out with uh, some of your teammates Mm -hmm. and and do some stuff and uh, I the 
they for SEC country, it's funny. They love their Saints. Oh down my there. God! They, they go lo- crazy. For it the is Saints very down. important, and it really was tied legitimately to the aftermath. It was a rallying yeah. point after the hurricane. It I was. W- it was the, pretty the, special. The people down there are are just a different breed. Oh yeah. They, they are. They, I, yeah. I tell it all the time. Like I, you go out there on the residential streets, the side streets, mm-hmm. not fancy areas or mm-hmm. anything. Places that had been uh, that had been hurt legitimately by the hurricane and everything, yeah. and the people you know on the street dancing yeah. mm-hmm. and happy mm-hmm. and not yes. because it was mardi gras right. but that's right. that's their br- yes. that's their mindset yeah that's just it's the culture down there and it's the it's culture something to experience of yeah. new orleans it's very different from any other city or state in in the u.s um and and that's why i just i truly looking back on it i was blessed to be able to go there like uh i i know you know when i got drafted everybody you know saying that they needed me and at that time but I truly feel like I needed New Orleans hmm. you know I needed to go there uh because as a young kid 21 year old with a lot of money <laughs> it can get very uh dicey going to a big market like that in New York you know so and not to downplay the New York Jets or anything like that but I just truly believe that you know there was a bigger plan for me and there was a bigger plan for us to go to that team and it was uh, something that was put together by a higher power. Boy, that's a great story. And by the way, I hope it's uplifting, too, for Emma VP, because earlier in the week she told the story where she thought she like you were going to get drafted yeah. by one team, but then they didn't, and they hurt your feelings. Yeah. And you then re- responded, oh, I don't want to go to you now, Saints. Yeah. And they're like, well, we want you anyway. Emma VP, she wanted to go to the prom with a guy named Danny, <laughs> and then Danny asked her, but then he backed out, and she cried. Oh, are then, you serious? And then another guy said, named Brett said, well, I'll take you, and she said, no, I don't want to go to the prom with you uh-huh. anymore, but guess what? Now she's engaged to Brett. No, are you serious? Isn't that it's something? just like your Come story, on. isn't it, Reggie? <laughs> wow. There's a lot of connection between your story with Listen, the Saint and her story I'm with Brett. I'm telling you, sometimes there's a bigger plan out there for your life that you just – and sometimes we just got to get out of our own way. You know what I mean? I truly believe that sometimes we are our own roadblock. And if we can just get out of our own way and just let things happen, then you will be so much better off. There's so many times. How many times have you looked back and be like, damn, I, I should have trusted my gut. I should have trusted my instincts. <laughs> and you don't. And, and then, you know, whatever else I'm, happens. I'm a bad case study for you, but, <laughs> but the larger point still resonates. But, yes, yeah. I also am fascinated by Reggie Bush, and I get the uh, the larger meaning of what you're saying. But it is yeah. get out of your own way. It's a fascinating thing to think about Reggie Bush being so uh, so uh, so uh, having such good wiggle yeah. that you could get out of your own way. I'd like to see you try to juke <laughs> yourself, how that would go. Could you fake yourself out? Yes, I could. I could definitely fake myself out. I'd like to see that. That'd be a good science experiment. Reggie Bush tries to right. <laughs> tries to outdo himself. Yeah. Oh, so much. See, now we have a lot of things to talk about for mm-hmm. for your next visit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Hopefully, I won't be, be fired before then, and we'll uh, we'll talk there. In the meantime, the great Reggie Bush, everybody, yeah. welcome to NFL Thank Media, man. Belatedly, Thank you guys, I appreciate it. It's good to be here. All right, great stuff with Reggie Bush, great stuff with Handsome Hank. Uh, we'll talk to you from Dallas, like we said um, at the top of the show. How many shows we do in MVP? Three shows. Oh, yeah. I could have dropped my octave a little bit, but I just decided to keep it up there once I went there. You know, <laughs> I'm too lazy to bring it back down. Three shows. Three programs from Dallas, Texas. We look forward to Kibitzin with you there. Until then, football fans, this ice You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.